But first, city and state officials are asking Jewish and other religious communities to be extra vigilant this weekend after anti-Semitic and white supremacist groups declared this Saturday, February 25th, a day of hate. Now, ever since the Chicago police and groups like the Anti-Defamation League, they've been monitoring online forums and social media. And they haven't found any actionable threats, but they're still encouraging people to be cautious. So how do you foster strength and resilience under the threat of violence? Rabbi Rachel Weiss of the Jewish Reconstructionist Congregation in Evanston joins us now to talk this through. Welcome to the program, Rabbi. Thank you, Sasha Ann. So glad to be here. So when you heard about the day of hate, right? Take us back. What came to mind? You know, the first thing I thought was, what kind of person has to have fear and anger and dissatisfaction in the world that they're excited to plan for a day of hate? Knowing that the world is so broken and there are so many of us who are suffering in so many different ways from the extreme to the minute, What would it take for somebody to say, I need to put more hatred into the world when so many of us are trying to put more love and more peace and more hope? How are you feeling about it personally? You know, it's always a little unnerving to be a public face of an institution, to be a Jew, to be a rabbi, to be a woman, to be a lesbian, to be a parent, and to think about all of these kinds of things, but to think about the fact that so many people in our community and in our broader community walk through the world at fear every day. This feels uneasy, but I have to say I'm not scared to go to synagogue tomorrow. We'll talk more about that. I wonder how you found out about this day of hate. You know, we found out about it the way many people found out about it through social media yeah. and then through the Federa- the Jewish Federation and through the ADL who shared warnings with us. To was, be it, was it clear to you, Rabbi, what these people plan on doing exactly? What's clear to me is people are raising fear and anxiety, and they are about to, whether it's in action or in words, continue to spread that kind of hatred. Whether We don't know of any specific targeted threats, and specifically not in Chicago. So it's unclear what's going to happen, but what is clear is that our congregants and our community members feel uneasy. And in many ways, that was the point of what they're trying to do. Yeah. So, I mean— you talked a little bit about this, but when you hear folks planning a day like this, right, what are you supposed to do? Is there a protocol? Are you supposed to immediately start working with the police or other city officials? Is there a checklist that you have in your office of how to deal with things like this? Sadly, many, like many Jewish institutions, organizations, and synagogues, just like many black churches, just like many LGBTQ organizations or organizations that deal with refugees, we have protocols that we have worked out in place with various security and law enforcement folks to make sure that we can be as safe as possible. But really, the thing that I think is so important is not that we feel fearful and stay home and let someone's idea of hatred define us, but actually that we show up actually that we reach out to our folks and say, we feel better when we're together. We feel better when we are proud to be Jewish, when we are in community. So let's do that. You said you're not scared to go to synagogue tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Where does that come from? Because fear is the easier route, right? You know, I stand on the shoulders of the generations of rabbis and teachers and leaders and pastors who have come before me, who have stood up in the face of shootings and bombings and fire hoses and dogs. And I don't really have a choice not to be hopeful that the future could be different or better. It comes from generations of people who fought, who resisted, who did the thing that was hard to do and who survived. 
What kind of legacy am I passing on to my children who will be with me in synagogue tomorrow if I say when someone says we don't agree with you or we think who you are is wrong, we say, well, maybe we should hide. We show up and we say we are stronger together, and we've invited other community members. I know of other clergy in our area who are planning to show up at synagogue tomorrow, too, just to say we are here with you, we love you, we're standing vigil, and we care. How are your children feeling about this? You know, it's hard to explain to a nine-year-old what anti-Semitism is, what white supremacy is, but once we start to describe it, they know what it is to live in a world where there's a lot of hatred. They are learning. This is the history that they are learning. I just came back last weekend with my 14-year-old and a group of 30 teenagers from my synagogue and a synagogue in New York City from a civil rights pilgrimage. We Mm. were in Birmingham and Montgomery and Selma and Atlanta meeting with civil rights activists who said, ain't going to let nobody turn me around. Ain't going to let the fire hoses and the dogs and the police. And to know that this is our lifetime now. And our obligation is to say we are proud to be Jewish and we're hopeful that by building beloved community, just like we learned from right outside Dr. King's tomb, building beloved community is yeah. our responsibility. And as we noted, uh, no immediate, no, no threat right now, right? Uh, and we hope it stays that way, of course. But do you feel in any way like you do have to prepare yourself in case something happens? I think we have to be smart. I think we have to realize that we live in the real world. We also spend a lot of time in our communities trying to think about how we can be as welcoming as possible. The whole reason that a synagogue community exists is to be a place of gathering and of community. It's where we bring the most heart-wrenching sorrows of our lives and the most proud moment of our joys. Tomorrow, we hope that as many people who can will show up to the places that they feel comfortable and to our Jewish places and say, I'm proud. These are my people. I'm proud to be here. And you know what? We want to open the doors and say, you're welcome to be here too. That's how we build a world with love and compassion and radical hospitality. And that's how we combat people who think, let's have a day of hate. Let's have a day of kindness and love. Yeah. Tell me more about how the members of your congregation are responding. What are they saying? We've heard emails from folks wondering about protocols for dropping off their children or wanting to know, have we talked to the police department? It's complicated to talk about having police presence in houses of worship, particularly because police presence doesn't necessarily make everybody feel safe, particularly our black and brown members who have not had positive experiences with the police. But we also want to make sure that we're doing what we can to make sure that our physical selves, our spiritual selves are, uh, are taken care of. Yeah. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. And if you're just tuning in, anti-Semitic and white supremacy groups declared this Saturday, February 25th, as a day of hate. Since then, Chicago police and other city uh, officials, they've been working with religious communities to keep people safe. Right now, we are joined by Rabbi Rachel Weiss from Evanston discussing keeping and actually making the Jewish community feel safe. So encouraging folks to be careful as city and state officials have been doing be vigilant be careful is there more that can be done is that enough i think that i don't think it's enough i don't think it's enough when these days exist i think what's what we have to do is consciously build relationships we have to build relationships with people in our own communities we have to build communica- uh, relationships with the people 
who are our neighbors, the people who are not like us. We have to make sure that we understand and we are respecting and upholding and celebrating the humanity in our neighbors and that we actually know each other, that it is intimate, it is proximate, so that we can't just say, oh, well, that oppression's not happening to me, so I don't care. We have to actually know who the people in our community are and be willing to be vulnerable together Mm -hmm. and say what we need, which is we need you to reach out to your Jewish friends and neighbors and say, are you okay?" In the same way that when we see, um, you know, when when we see refugees coming into Chicago, we need to reach out to people in those communities and say, are you okay? What do you need? We have to um, there's a great quote that's from. Uh, from Pirkei Avot, which is one of the teachings in the Mishnah uh, in, in Jewish oral tradition, that says, Bamakom she'en anashim ish, which means, in a place with no humanity, be human. We have to reach into our humanity. All of us are created in the image of the divine. This Saturday, Jewish communities are feeling scared and vulnerable. This Saturday, we need folks to come around us. The day after, there are other people who are feeling scared and vulnerable, and it's our responsibility to show up and to be those humans that create more humanity. I'm glad you recognize that some people, as much as they want to feel safe, they just don't. They just don't right now. I'm looking at a quick timeline of some of the the uh, threats that have come across, you know, your community in particular. Just looking at, you know, 2017 to now, the Chicago Loop Synagogue, uh, Arson Against Lakeview East Synagogue, uh, everything up to Free Synagogue, like so many different instances, right? How are you supposed to feel safer if it just feels like one after another after another just keeps coming against us, right? You know, I think there's hatred in the world because we haven't figured out how to eradicate the hatred and we haven't figured out. That is a very real um, – it's reality. There is increasing anti-Semitism in the world. We've seen it from the white supremacist groups that continue to rally and scare people away from voting. We continue to see it from groups who try and divide and divide and divide. Yes, there is an increase in anti-Semitism. We also have to increase the way that we are proudly Jewish and we say we are still here. Our ancestors escaped – pogroms and immigration and Mm -hmm. enslavement and poverty and work together to build a sense of safety and security through creating relationships in this country. Mm. That is something we continue to do, build these relationships. Does it make these hate groups go away? No. But if we let their voices be the only one that spreads, whether it's on social media or, you know, in the news, then what have we done? We have to raise up that voice to say, we are here. We're here for goodness. We are proud to be Jews. We are proud to uphold our heritages. We are a people that is multi-ethnic, multi-gender, mm-hmm. multi-generational, and multiracial. And we need to stand together and say, we're proud to be Jewish and to come together. Tomorrow, some people will come and bake challah. It's great that we're talking about bread. It's a perfect segue. Uh, some yeah. people will come and learn how to bake challah or play mahjong. Some people will come to pray and to meditate. Our kids will come to learn. Some people will come to have coffee and show up with their community. Yeah. That's what Jewish community is about, to keep us together and say, we're still here. We are alive and we won't be silenced. Your strength is just so admirable. And I can see why you are such a wonderful faith leader, Rabbi. You are asked for guidance. You're asked for leadership. But I wonder how you are being supported right now. You know, are you taking care of yourself? 
I'm trying the it's a best I can. Question. Absolutely. Um, I have an amazing family. I have a wonderful partner and fabulous children, and blessed to have parents and community members and my congregation that sees it as their obligation to support me so I can do this work. But it's hard. We're all tired. And I don't think that being hopeless is an option, right? If a 92-year-old bishop who was part of the civil rights movement could stand in a park last Saturday afternoon and talk to our kids that hopelessness is not an option, that his faith and his belief that we will overcome, that we will move into this direction of more humanity and more healing is possible, then who am I to say, I'm sorry, I'm too tired? I don't have that luxury. And I'm blessed with a community that takes care of me and that I can take care of them and a wider group. I have colleagues who are showing up to synagogue tomorrow morning, and that makes me feel held and seen and loved. Rabbi Rachel Weiss of the Jewish Reconstructionist Congregation in Evanston, thank you so much for joining us. Take care. Thank you for having me. Shabbat shalom. May we all show up in peace tomorrow.